Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get into God's Word every single day for, oh, just a few minutes, about 13 minutes. But in so doing, that helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps us to stay focused on our relationship with God, on our souls, and to have a better, more spiritually based mindset to be able to take on the day and deal with whatever challenges the day might throw at us. Help people in your life, probably some within your own family, who need to change their focus and their direction. Share these short studies with them every day. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means, but help them get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you as you help them get there by sharing these short studies with them every day. With your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can. Make that commitment. Make up your mind. Start following through today. Share these studies. We're going to get back into our line of thinking and study, asking the question, how can I come to the Lord? Well, the great invitation that Jesus extended is the greatest invitation that has ever been extended to mankind, and it stands for us today. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest for our souls. Again, he's not talking about physical rest, taking a nap, getting a good night's sleep, relaxing a while. He's talking about spiritual rest. He's talking about eternal life in heaven, that home with our Father, with our, son, with our Savior, and with the Holy Spirit eternally so, secure. And while we live in this world, we can count on that if we come to God through Jesus, his way. The need is so pressing because all of us are sinners outside of Christ. Romans 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the consequence of sin is death. Romans 6 and verse 23, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, don't you want that gift of eternal life? Well, you've got to come to God through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14 and verse 6. But you see, first, we've got to learn what we need to do to get rid of that guilt of sin that we carry around with us because again all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 Jesus identified himself as the Savior. He said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Apostle Paul reiterated that in in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 when he said that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. Again, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15. The gospel message that Jesus brought to all of humanity through every generation in this world 
is the message of God unto salvation through Christ. Romans 1 and verse 16. Oh, when Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, that is one invitation everybody needs to answer in a positive, obedient way. Why have so many failed to do so? Our question for this line of study, how can I come to the Lord? The Lord has extended the invitation for me to come to him. How can I come to the Lord? Well, I must come to the Lord in the way that God has laid out in his plan for my salvation. A lot of people, they just, they come up with some ways in their mind that make sense, but they're not in keeping with what the scriptures teach us. I must come to the Lord in the way that God has laid out in his plan for my salvation. That's the gospel message. In John chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, Jesus said, you must believe in me. You must believe in me. Whoever believes in me shall have eternal life. That familiar, perhaps most familiar of all scriptures, John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, but now the very last verse in that same third chapter of the gospel according to John says, he who believes, he who believes in the son has everlasting life, and he who does not obey the son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. A lot of people, they want the believing part to be all there is. You see, that makes it easy. Oh, I believe in Jesus. And then they can keep doing whatever they want to do. And they, in their mind, are assured of their salvation. But the obedience, and we've emphasized this, true saving faith is obedient faith. And if you remove the obedient part out of it, you no longer have saving faith. Believing in the Lord is essential to my salvation. When the Philippian jailer asked Saul and uh, Paul and and, 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 uh, Silas, what must I do? They told him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. The scriptures were written specifically that I might believe on him. In 1 John 5 and verse 13, John the apostle wrote, I write these things to those who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Jesus, and that's 1 John 5 and verse 13, Jesus himself said in John 8 and verse 24, Talk about an emphatic statement. He said, therefore, I said to you that you shall die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, the Savior, God the Son, you will die in your sins. I must believe. I must believe. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, we read, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Speaking of the name of Christ. 
When those on Pentecost asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, I must believe. I must believe in Jesus. Faith, basic fundamental faith, is is fundamental to my coming to the Lord. We could compare it to the Hebrews writer in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, talking about faith in God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, he wrote. For he who would come to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why would anybody come to God without believing in God? If we want to come to our Savior, Jesus Christ, we must believe in him as our Lord and Savior. Now, second, I must come to him not only in absolute faith, believing with all my heart that he is God's Son and my Lord and Savior, but I also must come to him in humble recognition that I am lost in sin and need forgiveness and salvation through him. In other words, I must be ready to repent of my sins. Here is where a lot of people get hung up again, because you're talking about humility. Not the idea of humiliation, but the idea of humility, of a humble heart that comes before our Lord, recognizing and acknowledging, because we're coming to him for forgiveness and salvation through him, humbly recognizing and acknowledging, I'm lost in sin. I need forgiveness. I'm coming to you as my Savior for exactly that. When we look at Luke chapter 13 and verse 3, Jesus was teaching a lesson. And a lot of people, they look at other people around them who are really bad people, who are wicked, and obviously it shows in their lifestyle. And they think, well, I'm not that bad. Well, okay. Does that mean because you're not that bad that you're good? Jesus He talked about that particular principle or line of thinking in Luke chapter 13. He says, do you suppose, verse 2, that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You look at somebody who has done grievous, horrible, wicked, evil things, and you say, well, that's a whole lot worse than anything I've ever done. But sin is sin. Sin is sin. And sin separates us from God. Not just the worst of the worst sins, but sin separates us from God. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. In verse 4, Jesus went on and said, Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse than all others? Well, do you? Just because something bad happened to them? A lot of people think that. Bad things happen to people because they've been sinners. Do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? And then Jesus answers his own question. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, 
you will all likewise perish. I must come to Jesus in humble recognition and admission that I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness. I must come to my Lord ready to repent of my sins. We'll start study some more along this line next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, oh, how we need to come to you. How we need to come to Jesus for forgiveness and salvation. Help people see that need. Help them understand how to do that, to come to him for that rest, that peace, that salvation that he offers, and help them to humble their hearts to do exactly that and obey him by coming to him his way. We pray this, Father. And Father, we pray for forgiveness. Please hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.